Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is at those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay, coming to you at a place where my allergies tell me I can either have good weather or I have to stay inside. But I can't have both. Uh, I'm DT Catman, and sadly, <laughs> there are times I feel the same way. <laughs> I, it's no secret. I, I mean, I mentioned this that the the missus, you know, is recovering from COVID. Um, I honestly, I mean, I feel I woke up this morning with like a scratchy throat, but it wasn't like the same sore throat that I had back in December when I know I had it, right? Um, so I'm thinking like it's just allergies, but you just don't know. And there's no way to really test for it anymore. Well, actually, no, that's not that's not true at all. Um, <laughs> it's just, what's the point now, right? Well, you know, you still have to protect yourself and be aware. Oh, no, and we do that. We're, you know, we were supposed to, uh, <laughs> Mac Jr. and I were supposed to volunteer at the Veterans Center on Friday. Um for uh, Memorial Day festivities, but it was just like, you know what? We know she has COVID. We're not gonna, we're not gonna do that with all these elderly people there and stuff. Even though it's a different kind of game now, it's just not, not respectful, at the very least, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it's been forever and a day. How you doing? <laughs> uh, it's been a day. <laughs> you know, after our last conversation, uh, I realized that there were three pretty prominent people we, we failed to add. Oh, um, you want to do an addendum? Just a quick addendum. All right. So Addendum away. Ian McKellen, who played Magneto in the numerous uh, X-Men movies, mm -hmm. uh, was also Gandalf. In the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, mm -hmm. crossing genre as well from science, from superhero to fantasy. He goes science fiction, superhero, yeah. Yep, all kind of tied in there. And then <laughs> his co-star in uh, Lord of the Rings, the only Blake. man who could defeat Chuck Norris, in my opinion. Mm. I think we shall reserve that debate for another time. Perhaps. <laughs> we don't want this to get into a, a knock-drown drag-out where yes. veins are popping. Anyway, the late, great Sir Christopher Lee, who played Saruman in the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies, yep, and then jumped into... The role of Count Dooku in two Star Wars movies. Excellent. Didn't, weren't you the one who said that Dooku was written as a female character until they could get until they realized Christopher Lee was available? I believe so. I had seen one of those behind the scenes videos recently. So <laughs> fingers crossed. And then we've got our third. Yes, in a third, and I can't believe I forgot it. 
three major franchises. Christopher Lloyd. Well, let's see. We got Back to the Future. Star, he was Star Trek 3. The main villain in Star Trek 3. And apparently he's going to appear in this season's Mandalorian. No. Yes. No. Yes. Did they, did they, they, at Celebration, did they allude to him? No, it's been out there for a while. Really? Yes, they just haven't, um, you know, let me think out so far. There's so much news and stuff out there. I, I am as connected as I possibly can be, right? And yet there's still a whole bunch of these things that get past me. Oh, yes. Let us see here. He is coming up, and uh, I know it is true. He is scheduled for The Mandalorian. Unnamed character? <clears throat> Unnamed character. Hmm. Interesting. Agreed. Most interesting. Did we did we talk about uh, Obi Wan a little bit yesterday during the recording? No, we okay. did. We I don't think we did. I think we talked a little off. I just recommended it at, at the very end. And yeah, well, Obi Wan is another one of those limited series that we must jump on as soon as it's done. Uh, yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> because we've both said that the first two episodes are quite good. I enjoyed them immensely. Mm -hmm. uh, just one issue with it, and it's just one. Yes, the the, the lack of sass from Obi Wan Kenobi. He wasn't uh, sassy enough. Wow! Hello there. <laughs> he didn't even get one of those either. He got uh, sassed at more than he got to sass. <laughs> well, the dude's been working at a meat packing, a meat cutting plant. I.e. in the middle of the desert with a crate dragon. <laughs> so, you know, your 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 rosy disposition is going to lose a little bit of its bloom. Well, hopefully we'll see a little bit of something soon, but still excellent. Yes. While we're in the Star Wars vein. It kind of helps draw us to today's topic. Yes. And this is your topic. I, I please fill us so, in on what I, you'll have a better explanation for it than I, because I'm just going to butcher it. Well, my wife and I were having a discussion about her job, and she saw a really cute little kid uh, wearing baby Yoda stuff. And she was like, oh. Like you like Grogu too, and the kid looked at her and goes, "Grogu." She's like Baby Yoda. Oh, I love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's <laughs> my best friend. And the kid was like Baby Yoda head to toe. And my wife, who is not a Star Wars fan, most definitely finds Baby Yoda absolutely adorable. Will actually sit through episodes of The Mandalorian and like read until he pops up on the screen, and then watch. And then he'll watch. She'll watch for. The Baby Yoda moments. And then, of course, Baby Yoda is everywhere. Yes. 
It was one of those things where he took, we know it's he, but where he took the fandom by storm, but they had to keep him so secret that they couldn't have any kind of merchandising available upon the airing of, of the show. Right. And it was excellent, too, by the way. Right. Oh, it was a great reveal at the fir- the ending of the first episode of The Mandalorian. That was... Pff, blew people's minds away. Yes. And it kind of has made me wonder, and this discussion with my wife kind of continued. She's like, what is it about this character that makes him so appealing to even non-Star Wars or sci-fi fans? And... I figured that's something we could get, dive into. And then, of course, we can also see if there's any other similar type character or something that makes that uh, just crosses genre boundaries and has entered the cultural zeitgeist. And see, I can use pompous words, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, you know, it jumped into the You used it right. Dream. I know I used it right, just because <laughs> I don't go ahead and flaunt my vocabulary does not mean I don't understand. I'm not being a pompous ass by just throwing out words because of no, they just they pop into my head, man. Ass. They just pop into my head. I'm not going to apologize for using words that just do that. I don't I, I, I don't refrain in front of my children either. They learn these words conversationally. I learned them from reading. Quite verbose. I have. I. <laughs> there have been a few times where people have talked to me from work when I was working in the office, and they they've heard me on the phone with an attorney or two, and I would use a word, and then they would notice that the attorney would just stop talking, pause, and then be like, "All right, eh? <laughs> like, so." Uh, I argue with attorneys all day, every day. What am I going to do? You know? Um, okay. So I like your, I, I like this topic. I'm excited for this topic and here. I, I, what I think we need to do is rather than delve into the why right up front, we just need to gather the characters that we feel fall into that same group as Grogu first. Okay. And then once we've gathered these characters, then we could talk about the why, because I think we'll be able to use these characters and cross-reference them for their different features and everything. Well, here's the thing. I am sort of struggling to find a true uh, character that might jump out like that. Uh, maybe Elmo, who yeah. went from being a side character on Sesame Street when we were kids. Yeah. To being everywhere. Nemo. Mm. Finding Nemo. To a degree. Doug. From mm. up, maybe. Mm. Um, all right. Well, we, we've talked about Grogu and, and the magnetism that he has and everything. And he was known as, as Baby Yoda for the longest time. Right. I'll throw out I'll throw out an analog. Gizmo. 
from Gremlins. Gremlins. Well, Gremlins is something that everybody just seemed to know whether they actually saw the movies or not. Right. Right. And, I mean, it was also the reason why they created PG-13. I think it was the first PG-13 movie. It wasn't the reason why. Temple of Doom was the reason why they created PG-13. Gremlins got the PG-13 first. Well, in that vein of 80s, Slimer. Okay, I, uh, I know where you're going. He was great in the cartoon. He was recognized to have a great sidekick pastiche about him. He was on Kool-Aid. People just, if you saw him, you're like, oh, that's the dude from Ghostbusters. Right. But but they, they made him cute in the cartoon and every other iteration we saw. We didn't see the movie iteration of him on on the the high C things. It was the cartoon version. But with the high still, voice and the puppy yammering and mm-hmm. so the big eyes. He didn't have big eyes in the movie. No, they were kind of beady. Yeah. And uh, deep set. But right. still, I mean, so, that is a character that kind of popped into the cultural true mainstream. Gizmo, I can see. Gizmo, um, there were people who had shirts. I mean, Gizmo was the, I mean, especially for kids. Kids would wear gizmo things because the gremlins were too, well, in my opinion, too scary because that movie just messed me up. Mm. But <laughs> I didn't like it when I was a kid either. Oh, I couldn't go to sleep. They were creepy. Now they're just generally ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, Mac Jr. loves him, by the way. I don't, I mean, sure. never messed him up at all. I don't know. I don't get that kid sometimes. <laughs> Here's one that. Many people recognize outside of genres. Optimus Prime. Hmm. He's been on a lot of t-shirts. I mean, it's not quite to the monstrous level, but the fan backlash on his death was so bad they had to revive him. Um, <laughs> yeah, as we talked about the yeah. impact on it, the community of his death was uh, ridiculous. Yes, Transformers almost lost their entire franchise um, because the character was that beloved. And if you were to say Optimus Prime, I bet you somebody would say Transformers. Okay, all right, we can say that. What about Bumblebee too, though? Bumblebee is very it. Bumblebee is definitely kids love Bumblebee. Because whenever you saw like that yellow VW bug, right, <laughs> you immediately thought of Bumblebee, right? Right. From the so, cartoons. Uh huh. Hell, he was one of the few prominent original cast members that didn't get the axe in Transformers. Oh, I know. Yeah. Everyone changed. They got rid of almost everyone except him and parts of Optimus Prime. Wasn't it the the last well, season they, all about gathering they kept, Optimus? They kept on people like Blaster and Jazz, uh, and a and a couple of them, uh, the Dinobots. Ironside. Oh yeah, no, the Dinobots stayed. on. Ironside's death was brutal. Oh, it was. Didn't he just get shot in the face? 
Yeah, he was, like Megatron's he was, blaster. Was, he, ne- he was next stomped by Megatron and shot in the face. It, it was brutal. <laughs> that, was, that was a side. I mean, when I first saw that in its entirety, it, as a grown up, I was 23 years old. I was like, wow, this is dark. This is an intense, dark movie, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, there's some. I, Obviously, Spock. Okay. A cultural icon, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Huh. The live right, long and I, prosper. I can see. All right. So we're okay. We're going a different direction than I anticipated. Not a bad thing. But, but still, when you start thinking about things that maybe not instantaneously, but there's Spock shit everywhere. Yeah. Live long and prosper. I mean, even more than Kirk, that was the true breakout character of Star Trek. No, and I, I agree, but was he the breakout character for Star Trek fans? Everyone knows him outside of the fan. People who well, aren't fans of Star Trek know Star Trek. They know Spock. Right. But also, that kind of goes back to my point. People who don't know Star Wars that much, they know Baby Yoda. Yes. He's everywhere. Yeah. I Man, this you, is tough. This is getting tougher. Well, I think Elmo was probably a good... Com- Elmo's a, a good choice. Elmo Elmo just came out of nowhere, even though he existed in the 80s, by the way. Did you know yeah, this? I did. I remember Elmo as, <laughs> when I was watching Sesame Street, but it was more about Big Bird and Bert and Ernie and Cookie Monster and Oscar the Grouch. Better characters. Right, right. And then the, that, that saccharine high voice, just, uh, you know what? It was the 90s kids, unfortunately. They changed it all. They um, ruined it for all I of mean, us. Elmo's still, like, one of the main dudes. <laughs> well, I mean, it is what it is. Different, different voice actor, though, we need to point out. Yeah. Which is important. I mean, if you <laughs> want to talk about a character who if you were to just put out in the middle of public and people who weren't even fans would recognize you can throw up Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny and fucking Kermit the Frog but those were okay I would say that those were like franchise starters or those, those came into being in a vacuum of those characters. We're talking about characters. Harry Potter. In the postmodern world now. That are kind of keeping that train going along. Which Grogu definitely is with Star Wars. Well, if you go ahead and you just put. Uh, you know round spectacles. And an, and a lightning bolt. I mean, on, that, on Luke Skywalker. On anybody. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did, mean, it I was did the journey. I did once hear a comedian basically say that Harry Potter ripped off Star Wars. Well, every, I mean, Star Wars ripped off the hero, the hero's journey. I mean, there are seven original stories ever total. Yeah, so, I, of course, because seven's that kind of number. Uh, but <laughs> Lion King is Hamlet. What are we going to do? Yeah, uh, Cars is Doc Hollywood. Did you ever hear that? Um, 
It's true. It's very true. And by the way, Doc Hollywood, gosh darn delightful movie. Michael J. Fox and yeah, what was her name? I forget. She uh, was on Next Generation too. Was she? She was that girl that Jordy kept trying to get with, who kept he kept striking oh, out. Oh, she rebuffed him twice. Yeah. Now I gotta look up Doc Hollywood. Um, and she was know. she was Tommy Boy's girlfriend, Julie Warner. Yeah. Oh, she was Tommy Boy's girlfriend. Yeah, Michelle. Okay, she was in Flatliners too. Mm. Hey, she's still she's still going. She's in the Good Doctor. Um, well, shoot, what was she in Star Trek: The Next Generation? Christy Henshaw. Yep. There we go. All right, so there's another that. one of those examples of why people just get why the writers just kept fucking with Jordy. <laughs> We've talked about it, I know, but. He never really can get enough justice for that character, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, there's a few, but there's not too many, I think, that have really fallen into the true Grogu, like, explosion. Uh, what about Baby Groot? Baby Groot, to a degree. He was... Actually, yeah, he had a decent following... It was the same exact thing. Like they, the movie came out, and they didn't have any merchandise for the dancing baby Groot toy, which they didn't anticipate that to be a thing. I laughed my ass off when the little baby Groot was starting to dance at the end of the movie. Yeah, and every oh time Drax would turn around, he'd stop. I, I gotta say that it, that is a uh, side note. Guardians of the Galaxy. Honestly, my most favorite movie experience I've ever had in my entire life. Well, it, it was a good movie. I, I walked out of that theater smiling, like grinning, s eating grin ear to ear, like just so happy. It was great. Baby Groot, not a bad choice. And you yeah. can see at times where they've tried some, some like acute, precocious, whatever. You know, and a lot of, I mean, let's look at Star Wars alone. The Ewoks were supposed Well, that was, that was where I was going to go. I mean, they tried to use that method with the Ewoks. Anyone Jar-Jar born Jar-Jar after Pink. 1984 has wonderful memories and thoughts about the Return of the Jedi. Um, anyone born pre-1975 has mixed feelings about Return of the Jedi. <laughs> about the Ewoks specifically. You know? Mm. Well. The Barney Stinson uh, parable in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Fair enough. Um, well, I mean, they, they tried Jar Jar. Jar Jar, as famously George Lucas stated, Jar Jar was the key to all of this. Yeah. I brought a date to see that movie. Didn't work out that well. She was checking her watch. Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Well, 
<laughs> he tried it. They, well, uh, JJ and company tried again with the Porgs. That was a happy little accident. They had to invent the Porgs because of all the 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 not the ferns, the turns, whatever those birds are at Mount Skrellig or Isle Skrellig, that where they filmed a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the turns, I think the birds that are there, they couldn't, it was just easier to invent porgs than it was to digitally erase all the earth birds that were there. Fair enough. But I remember my kid found porgs to be pretty cute. Because they are, they're kind of like fuzzy penguins. Yeah, no, I I liked the porgs. I liked them a lot. I really wish they didn't cut the scene where. Or I wish, really wish they, they kind of extended the scene where Chewie's eating one while they're, just they're have watching it. Horror. Damn pork! Just have him eat it, please. It's already dead. <laughs> when they take off and like shows up and there's Chewie and the Falcon with a fucking porg sitting next yeah. to him. Like he's dead. Chewie needed to assert dominance at that point. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. So we've got that. What? Uh, man. Um, all right. This hasn't taken off just yet, but we know how BB-8 was a good addendum to R2. BB-8 was the. Well, he was cuter than R2. R2 was yeah. fun. He was sassy. BB-8 was. Supposed to be, he was the he was like a, a childlike. Uh, yeah, R R two was precocious, whereas whereas BB eight was more childlike, mm. childlike innocence. R two was also a real smartass. Yes, that's true. Not as dis not as uh, disgruntled uh, and uh, at times misanthropic as Chopper was. <laughs> Which we might see. We I might think see Chopper I, again. Well, they pretty much said they w- that we will. But um, I believe <laughs> there was a comparison that R2-D2 is like the loyal, like, golden retriever. And Chopper is like the grumpy house cat. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. No word of a lie. I have been described as the loyal golden retriever. I can see that. <laughs> no, seriously. So, let me say this. BB-8 had more impact in the cuteness department. Well, yeah, because R2 wasn't built to look cute. No, R2 was BB-8 built to was get shit built, done. Yeah, BB-8 was built to look cute. They rounded his edges, um, made him look smaller. Bigger bigger lens, though, to, to imitate a big eye. So well, they they also gave him cuter sounding tones. Yeah, mm-hmm. higher tones, Elmo mm-hmm. tones, almost. Yeah, <laughs> a little less annoying. So, um, oh gosh, what a oh, but uh, so I brought up BB-8. I was leading to this. Leia's little protection robot in Obi Wan. It looks like a disc man. Yeah. I mean, obviously they built it. They, they invented it to, you know, be a cute little companion like thing. And and you felt bad when it got thrashed. Spoiler alert. Yeah. 
Although I think they're fixing it. I'm sure they're going to fix it. Yeah, because uh, they would be wrong to get rid of that merchandising opportunity. <laughs> exactly. A multi, a, uh, you know, a, basically a transformer little disc robot. It's a pocket droid. <laughs> oh my god, you make it Bluetooth enabled to play all your music and stuff. <laughs> now for Christmas for your kids, the pocket droid. The pocket droid. I think, uh, uh you think Google might sue them for that? <laughs> hey, look, man. I mean, it's. Star Wars has definitely not shied away from these kind of kid-friendly characters, which are also definitely merchandise grabs. And it's the easiest way, well, it's the easiest way to try to grab a new audience, which is what you're talking about with Grogu. I mean, it didn't work out that well with the Ewoks, or did it? Because... I'm uh-huh. not. I'm not as sour on uh, uh, I Return, love of, the Return of the Jedi. I, I know. really do love <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Uh, although, albeit, I saw it after already seeing the Ewoks cartoon and being blown away at the idea that they had live-action Ewoks. Like, <laughs> well, one of the things that they did do, the Ewoks did spin off. They, not only did they get their own cartoon, but they got two TV movies. Yeah. So the Ewoks really did have a life after Return of the Jedi. And, of course, it was definitely some merchandising. Uh, Ewoks want a lot of shit. Why? Because they're fucking teddy bears. <laughs> Basically. Cannibalistic, murderous teddy bears. Oh, man. Meat-eating. So, well, maybe so much meat-eating. cannibalistic, eating. but... Uh, Carnivorous, definitely. Very carnivorous and basically just, um, you don't know if they took the heads out of those helmets when they were beating on them. Did you I'd ever like to see, think they left the heads in. Did you ever see the, um, the animated shorts, Forces of Destiny? I saw a couple. They felt redundant. They didn't, I, they, I didn't feel they added anything. Uh, a few of them were pretty good and, you know, uh, the kids liked them. Yeah. But, but there point. was there was one that took place after the Battle of Endor, where the Ewoks were holding some stormtroopers hostage, you know, or prisoner after the battle, and were like threatening to eat them. So <laughs> Han and Chewie have to get uh, food supplies from Hera, yeah, to uh, bring the, the the snack bars. Admiral's snack bars. uh, Oh my God! You're right. You're not even facetious. You're being you're being so truthful. That literally was probably what they labeled them: Admiral's (laughs) snack bars. But these little ration bars, which kind of look like uh, Toblerones or not Toblerones, uh, but the pirouettes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Or or but whatever. So. But Hera's just gonna is standing there busting Han's chops and basically saying, "I'll give it to you if you admit the Ghost is better than the Falcon." And Han's like, "No, I, I did won't see do it. this episode. I did." Finally, has to choke down his pride so the Ewoks don't eat any stormtroopers. <laughs> the Ewok escape, yeah. That came out years ago, though. 
Yeah, well, it came out right around, I think, when Rebels was ending. Yeah, 2017, 2018, because it, it wasn't even it wasn't even a Disney Plus thing. I had to go to Disney now. I remember finishing Rebels on the Xfinity app <laughs> because because I I didn't I didn't I watched they didn't have the all the stuff TV on Disney app. now. Yeah, they didn't have all this stuff on Disney now at the time. You had to go to your cable service or your your TV provider for that. Because they kept the last six episodes on for on demand. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so and, and you know, people will say that people like Ahsoka and Ezra were cash grabs for kids, right? I don't think so. Well, it, you know, a lot of people maybe Ahsoka Rebels. and Ahsoka, of course, in, in her early appearances, was not as popular as she became. No. I, that was the, you see, yeah. but she got character growth and development. That's and what I, I was going to say. She had proper growth and development. And not only that, but I think she was kind of written like that because to be honest with you, she was as impulsive and reckless as Anakin and Luke when they were young. <laughs> of so course. <laughs> of course. And that's why they got along. That's why Sky Guy and Snips got along. <laughs> or nips no snips, snips. snips oh my god oh that would be terrible <laughs> i feel i feel dirty for even saying that oh well don't don't give me the shame eyes all right i already feel I, it. I don't know what to say anything else that i might say could end up digging us in a deeper hole yeah yeah, I was just going to say if you if you do feel guilty about, you know, thinking a cartoon is cute, just remember you have a very beautiful actress playing the live action one. I don't feel guilty about thinking a cartoon is cute. I love Ariel. She's my favorite Disney princess. I'll go to the grave doing that, saying that. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, there it is. I just I just dug myself, didn't I? You went and got a backhoe. <laughs> Look, all, all I'm saying is, and folks, we're not trying to be crass or, you know, sexist in any way. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, appreciating an attractive person, be male, female, or it's any a, number of the... Uh, it's just a symptom of an awakening that's perfectly natural, whatever. Correct. Plus, I mean, I mean, can't we all admit that you know, Chris Evans is a handsome man. He's a tall drink of water. Yep. Exactly. So there you go. And he and Thor are probably the only reasons why I was able to convince the missus to go see those movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Thor's getting shirtless again. More than shirtless. <laughs> It's interesting, and this is maybe a topic for another day, but we're in a different world now where it's okay for males to be nude without their consent. But what if that happened to Jane? Well, it would have 20 years ago. I Well, yeah, I know. But 
we're not in any better place now. Although it's still hilarious. Don't get me wrong. It's hilarious. I mean, I'm acknowledging it's hilarious. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Hemsworth's idea. Oh, yeah. That's totally. I mean, he's got a great uh, comedic, uh, shall we say, bone. No. (laughs) He has, he has good, he's got good comedy chops. Yes. No, agreed. Agreed. He was great in vacation. Did you ever see that one? No, but I saw him in the all female Ghostbusters. He was pretty damn, but he was pretty damn good in that too. Yeah, he was he was good in that too. Uh, you need to see Vacation. Well, anyway, I think we need to get back to our topic. All right, I got, I got, I, I got one. I think we need to dive wholly into the Baby Yoda phenomenon, but finish what your your point was. There, what you... about the Navi from Avatar? Now, it's the birth of a completely new franchise, don't get me wrong. And I hated Avatar. But I saw the Navi everywhere when that movie first came well, out. Well, I mean, it was the most, uh, what pro- it was the highest grossing movie of all time. So... The sacrilege I mean, that that is, yes. Hey, look, it, it is what it is. It wasn't a bad movie. I really liked it when Kevin Costner did it. Yeah, I liked it when Robin Williams did it. Which one was Fern that? Gully. Fern Gully, okay, that's where I thought you were going with it. <laughs> but it, in some ways, it kind of goes into the white savior complex, too. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't, I don't like that term. I know it's a thing. I know it's a valid, it's a valid, especially when it's done blatantly nowadays. Which yep. we're beyond that. But whatever, that that's another thing for another day. Um, but the Navi, they 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 made the Navi with really big eyes, lush lips. They curved them out. Well, they were very sinewy. That was like they were all... sinewy, but they 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 made them curvy. I mean, uh, I mean, but it was their face. I mean, they had big ears, big eyes, and and lush lips with a you know small unoffending nose, almost no nose really, right? Um, think about Grogu. Big ears, big eyes. He's got lips. <laughs> He's got a little nose. Yep. Think about Gizmo. So wait, are you saying that Spock is anti-Semitic? Um, yes. I'm actually saying Leonard Nimoy is anti-Semitic. <laughs> I'm going on record, folks. Yes. <laughs> well, so here's where I think is interesting. Because who's one of what's one of the most prominent characters to come out of Star Wars? That's recognizable. That was C-3PO. on Hunter Merchant. Okay, he's pretty recognizable. <laughs> that wasn't the answer. You look Darth Vader. There is plenty for Vader. Okay. He's on everything. Memes, t-shirts, but Yoda. Oh, well, yeah. Yoda really was kind of a breakout character. One, yeah. he was a Muppet. Two, he talked 
funny. Three, he was the most powerful dude in the room, and he was the size of a size town. matters not. Exactly. He was he was the smartest dude. He was the most powerful dude, and he liked yanking your chain. <coughs> yeah, no, he, he was eminently quotable. He had a very eminently in, in, uh, imitatable. But it's become part of the lexicon. If you were to call somebody your Yoda, his name almost becomes synonymous with teacher or mentor. Yes. Or really old guy, too. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely correct. Huh. So when you think about it, Yoda, who was a decent chunk of Empire Strikes Back, a small part of Return of the Jedi. Very small. One scene. Yeah. But the, and a, a little uh, cameo at the end. Um, but then he's on, he was on merchandise and whatnot throughout the 90s, 80s and 90s. And of course, what happens? His role gets bigger in the prequels. He has a little bit more you know, kind of a, a small role in the first movie, but in the second two movies, not only does he get a big role, but he gets fight scenes. You get to see Yoda yeah. being a, a legendary badass, yeah. taking on the, the best of the Sith, you know? You get to see him use all different types of force powers. In the Clone Wars, you got to see Yoda. Not a lot, but you get to see... Like his very first episode where it's him and the, the clone, like the, you know, handful of clones who are like outgunned by the separatists and where you start giving, watching him be Yoda to them, talking them through how to fight and how to use their minds and how to demonstrate their separate identities. Yeah. The whole final arc of the, of the original Clone Wars run where he goes on that uh, quest of discovery of the Force was huge. It was fascinating. It brought a lot of interesting, uh, you know, it, it, it canonized a lot of things that had been only written about into the Force. You know, our, it, it expanded our understanding of the Force. But Yoda is everywhere. He had a couple of guest spots in Rebels. He had... A comeback <laughs> role in The Last Jedi. And, of course, a voice cameo in... He might, did he have a voice cameo in The Force Awakens 2? He did. Yep. And, of course... so And uh, the, the Rise of Skywalker. Which I love the fact that they had, like, Freddie Prince Jr. and Ashley Eckstein doing their voices. Is it Eckstein or Eckstein? I think it's Eckstein. Probably Eckstein. Um... We talked but, about that already. <laughs> but still, Yoda it was such a recognizable character, and there's still so much mystery about him after everything. He was in, what, five, six movies? Well, uh, of the original trilogy, he was in maybe what could be considered one for a decent role. I mean, it was Empire Strikes Back. He had a cameo. In yeah, Return of the Jedi, cameo in an extended of cameo in Return of the Jedi, but that alone 
allowed his being to propagate. And, oh, yeah. And, and, I mean, Yoda was heavily, heavy merchandise. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, and it was, it was refreshing. I'll, I'll say this. It was refreshing to see a younger Yoda doing his role in the Jedi Council the way that it was alluded to, so to speak. Right. Where, you know, you only see Yoda as this old guy at the end. But when you get to see, I wouldn't say that was Yoda in his prime because no. 20, 20, <laughs> <You're years, right. laughs> 20 years to, an, to a 900-year-old person is it's like a year for a normal, you know, for one of yeah. us. Right? So. Although I do argue Grogu should be probably more vocal after being around for 50 years. I think they're going to make a point about the trauma of Order 66 in the intervening years. That, that's happened to a lot of young kids who've had No, this trauma. is true. This is true. All right. Well, thanks for making me look like an a-hole. So. <laughs> you didn't need my help. But I, I think Grogu's popularity comes from the fact that you have Yoda, who was kind of fun, kind of cute, a Muppety sort of way. Yeah. And then you make uh, an adorable baby version of him. Who's tiny. And yeah. He's cute. And he's cuddly. And he's he gets into everything. And. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just Yoda was just such a recognizable figure that now you have just a baby version of him. That's why he's still called Baby Yoda by so many people. I mean, yeah, up until halfway through season two of The Mandalorian, his actual name was The Child. <laughs> or The Asset. Right. The but Asset generally the Child. was That's The true. Child. That, that was the name of an episode, The Child. Yeah. You go back, you go back and you watch those early episodes and you feel like, oh, what an innocent time that was. <laughs> and tell me how creepy it is to hear uh, Werner Herzog go, I would like to see the baby. You're like, no, no, keep him, keep him away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest with you, without input from Werner Herzog, we would have probably got more CGI Grogu. That's true. I love because he called, he called John Favreau a coward <laughs> for going the CGI route. You cowards. <laughs> you calvert. I don't is, know. And it's, it's fascinating, too. And that's, I guess that's why Favreau got a little pissed at Adam Pally when he really slugged the... the yeah, the, the, it was the, a $3 the, million dollar puppet. Are you kidding me? $5 million. Oh, $5 million puppet. Yeah. That's almost he's, twice as much. <laughs> he's like, he basically was like, I like the intensity, but that's a $5 million yeah, electronic puppet. He's like, ooh, my bad, John. We they had that functional face. puppet. <laughs> they had that functional puppet at Star Wars Celebration. All jump, well, not jumping around, but all moving around on the table and everything. It is so huge that, and, and you listen to the actors saying that having the puppet there improved their own performances. Because it Anything was like anything tactile will do that, right? Because it was acting with, and because it, the the animatronics and the eyes, the face movement, it's so expressive that it almost was yeah. like working with another actor. 
I mean, because you... it's not a human, it doesn't cross that uncanny valley situation. Right. Plus, it is very cute. <laughs> I mean, there's just memes everywhere. I mean, the chicky nuggy thing that just comes up everywhere that he just likes, he likes chicky nuggies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was basically assumed that this cute little guy would eat chicky nuggies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and they call it chicken nuggies. I, now I can't stop calling it chicken nuggies because of all these stupid memes. You know why you can't stop? Because you just can't stop saying chicken nuggie. No, it, but it also goes really well with <laughs> a, a cute little kid. Yeah. Chicken nuggie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they put him in all the memes. You know, old memes, new memes. He was eminently memeable, and you you make a really cartoony version, and the kids want him on everything. My kid literally has like five stuffed Baby Yodas. She built the Lego Baby Yoda set, the full. You seen those? Ooh, yeah. Like the statue. Yeah. He's got several of the little Baby Yodas. You know, the little uh, Lego figures that have come with various sets. She has stickers. She's had books. She's coloring books. One of the first things that she really started drawing, she, she, she would draw Baby Yoda and like poster boards for Girl Scouts. Just in the corner somewhere. <laughs> doodling somewhere. Yeah. She learned yeah. how to fold origami to look like a, a Yoda head. Oh, dang. Yeah, she your does. daughter's got it bad. She does. <laughs> she wants to sit down and watch The Mandalorian, so I figured, okay. I watched the first episode. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a baby Yoda? Uh-huh. Well, I was checking to see if the, it was going to be appropriate. I mean, she'd already seen most of Star Wars, but I watched it just to be sure. Wasn't Didn't know what to expect. I would say it's mostly kid-friendly. I mean, there was a pretty jarring death in the first scene of The Mandalorian. <laughs> But it wasn't as gruesome it as bloody. it could have been. No. It, it was, I mean, the door shut on the man. It was, it was more implied, <laughs> though. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not judging your parenting here, by the way. I, I, I've been watching with my, my child, too. Before. So. In the whole first season, I watched the episodes first before we sat down and watched it. Yeah. By season two, I was like. We just watched it together without yeah. free watches. Yeah, no, you know the tone in which it's going at this point. So although although none of us like the ice spiders. Oh, I can't watch that episode again. That's that's the least touched episode on Disney Plus streaming for me. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a horror fan, people might like that one. I, it's just I, I'm I'm not a huge fan. I mean, it was a good episode. Don't get me wrong. You know, structurally and, you know, as a story, it was it was a good story, but yeah. Yeah. But then again, <laughs> that whole episode, he was being a little brat. He was That's eating her eggs. He was digging into a fucking spider egg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then that episode actually started to get people off the Baby Yoda bandwagon <laughs> because it's like, oh my God, is Baby Yoda a sociopath, a murderer? He is. I just think he's hungry. 
<laughs> well, but it then, goes back to but, Quark with about humans. You take away their their full bellies, they'll be the most vicious Klingon you'll they'll ever be see. As bloodthirsty as any Klingon. Yep. Thank you for, for correcting that. Well, because you were really struggling. Yes, I was. <laughs> I I had a hiccup in my throat. <laughs> Well, so. and then the next episode, he almost gets eaten by a giant monster, and then his lunch attacks him. So yeah. he, he got kind of forgiven quickly. Stop playing with your food. Yeah. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially then at the very end of the episode where, you know, he's helping give the little uh, hatchling a bath. And he seems to like really playing with it. Yeah. Yeah. He realizes, oh, there's a, a real thing here. So anyway, it was. Um... Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, did we have? I mean, Star Trek has so few of these things. I mean, Tribble. would you consider? Within the I mean, genre, I mean, Tribbles is. I'm not saying it exploded to be like the breakout character or whatever, but no, they you, you you'll go it's to places and they'll be it's easily marketable. It's just a giant puff ball. It's kind of cute. Um, there's been several episodes about it. Uh, there's almost everybody that that scene of Kirk buried under the Tribbles is iconic. Yeah, for the franchise and people who knows what Tribbles are. This is true. Everyone knows what a triple is. Um, It's weird. I mean, it's also, it's got a pretty fun word to say, a triple. (laughs) Got a question for you. What? Do you think that they tried to do the same thing with Scotty's sidekick from Star Trek 09? Trying to have a fun sidekick? Yeah, a cute sidekick. Because I think they tried, and it didn't really work out. I don't know really if he was really out. that cute. He wasn't, but that's the problem with J.J. Abrams. He, he doesn't was, really... He was entertaining. I thought he was he entertaining. Was kind of, I thought he was a kind of a funny side character. J.J. Um, Abrams has an issue, and I understand he did Force Awakens, and he did The Rise of Skywalker, yada, yada, I know. But well, did there were a lot more hands in that. There were a lot more hands in that pot than just J.J. for Star Wars. But he basically had full control over Star Trek. And he doesn't make cute things. Think about Super 8. Never saw it. Oh, you never saw All right, what about um, Cloverfield? Mm, yeah, that wasn't cute. No. But that was supposed to be like a new... That was supposed to be the American version of Godzilla. Well, it and did it have a little horrifying. bit of a Like, you can love Godzilla. Effect. Remember, no. they made a Saturday morning cartoon about Godzilla back in That's the 70s. Right. Oh, and, and also in the 90s. The, yeah, the but Mac, in the Mac 70s, he, had, he got like a scrappy-doo kind of sidekick, though. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. Because that's what everybody did in the fucking 70s. <laughs> Watch the Super Friends. What'd you get? In the very beginning, you got the... The like the basically the junior superheroes, which was yeah. like a dorky dude in a cap uh, in a cape and bell bottoms, 
the smart boy. girl and a, a dog, a talking dog. So yeah, you had the Scooby Doo. Crypto. And then, you, and then you had no, it wasn't crypto. It was crypto was an actual comic book super uh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just can't remember. It was like Marvin and something like that. But then you had the fucking Wonder Twins and their space monkey Gleek. Oh my god. Oh, really, his name was Gleek. Story. His name was Gleek. <laughs> he had a cameo in uh, at the end of Infinite Earth, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, and they really? played the Super I still Friends. Still haven't theme. seen it. Shoot. See, you gotta love the TV side of uh, Warner Brothers, man. They just well, they know what they're doing. I'll tell you one thing: the Super Friends had a pretty good theme song too. Shall I pull it up? Go ahead. I don't. It was it was kind of epic, to be honest with you. If you got like a full uh, orchestra to do that, like you know John Williams type orchestra, I think it would be epic. Let's see, Super Friends intro, nineteen seventy three. That's an advertisement. I'm not going to say anything. You can talk. Oh, wait, this is Justice League. No, no. Just kind of tacked on. You probably need to listen to the one from like the '80s, where it was more of the um, the music, but it was a pretty good theme song. I've, that that has some good solid horns right there. Oh yeah, I'm a sucker for horns. Without the intro, you get a great theme song. Yeah, no. And they had they that. they kept generally that same theme song for like most of the whatever dozen year run of the various iterations <laughs> of the Super Friends. <laughs> But they did, you know, they all did the thing, too. I mean, look at all the kids' sidekicks, all the superheroes had back in the day. Robin, he was always like yeah. a teen. Bucky in the original Captain America cartoons was like a teenage sidekick. Yeah, he was. All, you know, they a lot of them had sidekicks. The only reason why I knew that Bucky was the Winter Soldier, by the way, when that movie came out, was because I read the the wiki on Captain America mm. to, to get Angel. caught up on on who Captain America is. Yeah, I got you. And everything. So. Well, otherwise it wouldn't say, have been, my friend. Yeah. It. Um, <clears throat> obviously, to steal a line from yogurt, merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> I guarantee you that Baby Yoda merchandise outsold all other Star Wars merchandise combined. That's a tall order, man. In, I'm just saying in the last since he debuted. 
Uh, yeah. Well, technically, that's the only way it would work. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not saying like I know, I know, I know. I'm being an ass. I'm not I'm saying being historical. An I'm, I'm being an like, ass. I'm sure <laughs> anything with Baby Yoda on it, if you put that all together, probably outsold the rest of stuff that didn't have him on it. In the probably same would period. outsell Luke, Leia, not Han though. Not Han. What? Here, here's an <laughs> epic question: Would Baby Yoda outsell Yoda? Ooh, I think they'd go hand in hand. You know what? I, I know it's an impossible, but I would have I would love to see an interaction of Yoda with Baby Yoda. <laughs> Frank Oz's mischievous Yoda. We don't know whatever happened to Yaddle, by the way. I know. There's a lot of. <laughs> questions floating around about Yaddle. She's had a couple of different deaths as canon has changed. Um, <laughs> so, but I think officially we don't know. So, no, but uh, officially, I believe Yoda, Yaddle, and Grogu are like the only canon members of the species right now. That is correct. And I, I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong. But I heard a rumor that George Lucas did not like the idea of exploring Yoda's race. Yeah, he wants he wanted mystery about him, kind of like right. Merlin. Yeah, that's what he was pulling it from, like the man of mystery, the the epic uh, uh, mentor, the mysterious wizard. That was Yoda. He was the Merlin character, or all these other, you know wizards and mentors that have come from nowhere. I mean, eventually in like a lot of the legendarium, you do find out a lot more about Gandalf, but in the Hobbit, you didn't know anything about him. You didn't learn that much about him in the Lord of the Rings, but all the compent, the legendarium and the Cimmerillion and all this stuff that was later written or dug up from his notes and stuff is where you get more information on Gandalf, but still. I mean, he was, you know, that mysterious wizard figure. <laughs> the wizard figure. Um, well, shoot, dude. And I, I'm okay with the with the mystery surrounding Yoda's race. Well, they they they've kept it pretty mysterious. I mean, they haven't. All we've learned is that we saw how he kind of got out of there. Uh, Grogu got out of there on Order 66, and we just know that he's been laying low. We didn't see anything. We just saw him witness Order 66. That's it. And then things got clouded. Like, or right. he got we covered don't or know something. What happened? I'm kind of hoping that at some point we at least find out how he gets out of the temple. Yeah. I mean, I was I was looking in that Order 66 scene in Obi-Wan to see if there was any hint. Wasn't that a great scene? That was a one-shot deal. That was oh, so it was, good. It was it was really good. Oh. And apparently, for the first time ever, you had live-action people in clone trooper armor. Oh, really? I thought that they were CGI'd. No, they, they had a few clones. 
in actual a few actors in clone. in clone in clone armor, huh? Yep. Wow. Oh, even when Commander Cody appeared in Revenge of the Sith, I guess it was like Tamara Morrison head on like a CG body or something. <laughs> <coughs> That's nuts. That's crazy. But I like it. I, I mean, I thought I was so impressed with that scene. I thought that was well done. And also they. Yeah, I know we're going off topic a little bit, but they held the aesthetic of the Jedi Temple and the CGI, the grandiose mm-hmm. size of it very well. Yes. That architecture was still very faithful to what we saw in the original trilogy. Well, I'm sorry, the prequel trilogy. In the trilogy. prequels. But yeah. again, it gets strange now when you start thinking about Grogu. And Grogu, much like Yoda, right now has a mysterious past. Yep. And it's a tragic past. Yep. And he's this poor young kid who has a tragic past, who is desperately in search of someone to take care of him. And you have the Mandalorian as the reluctant protector at first and then becoming, you know, basically his father figure. And in his desire to help this kid be, you know, be the best that he could be and keep him safe and keep him protected, Mm -hmm. he gave him to a Jedi Someone he witnessed be extremely powerful. Oh, I mean, he destroyed. How many? How many? What was it? Were they dark soldiers? Dark troopers. Dark, dark troopers. He wiped. How many out dark like troopers did he wipe out? Troopers. And it was and just one dark trooper that he had such a hard time with. Oh yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian did. Uh huh. I I loved that. I loved that dichotomy. By the way, uh, that that was a good. Uh, that was a fun thing to see. Well, I mean, that was what we'd been looking for from Luke Skywalker for 30 years. It was it was everything that you read about in the expanded universe. It was everything you'd hoped you'd get to see someday. Luke Skywalker at the height of his powers. Yes. And I also want to say this, and I, I think, stop me if I brought this up, please do. But there was a game... I think it was Dark Apprentice where they showed like a little trailer for it or a commercial for it. And there was this young Jedi or Padawan that was just laying waste to all these different uh, stormtroopers in the game engine in the, in, you know, in the theatrical engine of it. I think it was. Um... And he likes, he does a fist bump down to the ground and that shockwave vaporizes yeah, all no, the stormtroopers. Uh, the force unleashed. Yeah, maybe it was that. Wait, I thought that was more of like a first person, like... That was the force, but I think... But there was also... What was it? Dark Forces? That might have been it. It was actually... It was an old EU game that that focused on a... A Jedi in hiding turned yeah. rebel agent... Who had to go and he rescued like General Maydeen from the Empire and get right. the Alliance, and then it's he's his mission is to stop the Dark Trooper project. Uh, okay, 
So well, that worked out. These are um, all things from like the old expanded universe that you're starting to see being pulled back in. Right. Like, I mean, you can't tell me that J.J. Abrams was not somewhat influenced by some of the expanded universe. The 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 solos force sensitive kid turned Sith. I mean, no, that no. was right. That was right out of the novels. Yeah. No. No, I agree. No, I, I mean, he's a fan. He's a self-professed fan. He like, yeah, Star Wars he, fan. He was never a Star Trek fan, by the way, which it shows. Um, through a storytelling mechanism. And again, he's a much I, he's a much I more effective Star, Star Wars time. director than he is a Star Trek director. I have oh, to of say that he was. He just redid a new hope. Right, and then <laughs> I'm just saying aesthetically, like as a director, he had he had a better grip of like the aesthetics for a Star Wars movie based off of the original trilogy than he had any grip on the Star Trek universe. But we're so diverging here, from here. Here's the question. Is the new chosen one Luke Skywalker or is it Grogu? It's not Grogu. He turned his back on the Jedi Order. He did not turn his back on the Jedi Order. He he chose the he he chose the myth, Mithril. <laughs> well, again, this is like Obi. It's where the Jedi con, it gets all contradictory. Where only a Sith talks in absolute, but then Luke's like, "You can have one, or you can have the other, but you can't have right. both." And to be honest with you, there's a lot of theory coming out now that maybe just maybe Luke was fully expecting Grogu to go anyway and in some ways was nudging him in that direction okay which still leaves room open for ben solo to become the first true apprentice to luke true skywalker, apprentice sure. to luke skywalker but this also gives first you know, true student a, yes but this also gives grogu the ability to come back to the jedi or maybe Maybe he doesn't train with Luke. Maybe maybe you see him team up with Ahsoka and Ezra. Yeah. Because those are a Jedi outside kind of outside the doctrine. Yeah. And that would That's most true. that would most certainly be Grogu. Fill me in. I need you to I need you to help me on this one because I tried to explain what the so Grogu is Baby no. Yoda's official name. No, no, yeah, but that's not what I was talking about. Thank you, though. Um, shoot, what are they called? The Inquisitors. Yes. They're not quite Sith. They're are not they, Sith. Like, they're dark they're not Jedi. Sith. They're dark what? They're dark Jedi. I thought Sith were dark Jedi. No, Sith are beyond dark Jedi. What? Dark Jedi harness the power of of the dark side but the sith actually follow the code the rule of two okay and it gets fuzzy i freak that's a little weird i mean all right 
I tried to say that they were like uh, not Jedi, but they were Force users on the dark path or something, which Basically. I guess I'm not wrong. But. Many of them are fallen Jedi. Like the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels used to be one of the Jedi Temple guards who turned on the Jedi. Which we're still thinking is the guy that is in Obi-Wan. Potentially. I, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> we shall see. There's many open-ended things there. He but shows get- a lot more restraint like a Jedi does. That's for sure. Mm. But getting back to Grogu, I think one of the reasons why he's crossed all these boundaries is, I don't know, I think Disney just struck a gold mine of taking one of, one of Star Wars' most beloved characters and... Rehashed it into a very cute gizmo. Kind of, Yeah. Um, because there's so much mystery surrounding the species. You know, like, well, we've never really seen another uh, of this actual character rather and than he's a, set dressing. Don't forget, he's a baby. So he's got the he's got all the characteristics of what a normal baby has. Big eyes. I said it before. I'm, this is my point. Like, anthropologically, we are triggered by these features. To oh, yeah. Not only, like, you know, be attracted to it, but to protect it and to feel an instant bond. Exactly. There's definitely a psychological thing that comes to this. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so popular. Like, my wife could not care less about Star Wars. She found BB-8 kind of (laughs) cute. She really doesn't think anything one way or the other about C-3PO or R2-D2. Mm-hmm. She thought the Porgs were okay. Um, but she wants to snuggle up with Baby Yoda and protect him from the bad people. Yes. <laughs> and this is your wife, you're saying? This is my wife. My daughter yeah. got visibly upset every time he got kidnapped. Well, yeah, um, and that that's that's traumatizing to a child to see another child be abducted. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, you should have seen how angry they both got when the stormtroopers were punching him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever watch any of the reaction videos? And all no. These, people, these adults are getting heated. Don't you lay a hand on the baby. <laughs> no, I should probably look at that, though. Oh, God, they were crazy. That's fascinating. Uh, Yeah. Um, But. And then, of course, when when it looked like Grogu was leaving the series at the end of season two, my daughter's like, does that mean we're not going to have baby Yoda anymore? Like, don't worry, honey. Disney's not stupid enough to give up this merchandising. (laughs) He'll be back. It might take you might it might take a few episodes, but he'll show up. I did not know it was going to show up in the fucking Book of Boba Fett. None of us did. I thought thought Mando's side quest was going to basically come up fruitless. And we'd have to wait till Mandalorian Season 3. That's what I thought. I didn't think we would get as much Luke Skywalker as we did either. I am not upset with any of this. 
but it did feel a little strange. It did, right? <laughs> it did. By the way, anyway. if you have you seen the Star Wars Gallery episode four, Book of Boba Fett? Um, no. Definitely watch. I don't it. think I have. It's awesome. It, you get some great behind the scenes stuff, of course, with uh, everybody. But you Catherine also get Kennedy in it. Well, of course. Yeah, she's a delight. But you get smiling and, and laughing Ming Na Wen. Hold on. All right, go on. You also get uh, Tamora Morrison talking about the how he used his Maori heritage and how he portrays Boba Fett. That was pretty neat. Yeah. You got to see the, some of the thought process behind, behind Robert Rodriguez's uh, plans uh, for the series. The 50 speeders, bikers? No, they really actually didn't talk about that much, which I'm glad. Uh, that was, I gotta say, I first saw it. I wasn't triggered at all by it, but going back and analyzing it with the all right, it's why is everyone so pissed at it? I'm like, oh, first of all, they're not going very fast at all. And, <laughs> and that's terrible CGI. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it just wasn't that great. But when you get to see all the the kind of the background and stuff, you, you actually got to see, like, Robert Rodriguez, like, he uses action figures, and he, like, when he does it, it's not, he's not using like old sketch storyboards or anything like that. He like acts things out with action figures. Yeah. He so the design he had for like that forearm monster, that that was yep. a pretty good story. And of course, I get he, there's a lot of scenes of him playing the guitar with various members of the the cast, <laughs> and that that's kind of how they would bond on set and how they would like kind of uh, you know jam on some of their Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, building is that stuff. So it was, it was, it was great. I love the Star Wars gallery for these guys. I mean, the round no, the galleries are a good thing. One were were fascinating. Um, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy interrupted everyone, as is what she does. <laughs> as is what Spielberg described of her. Yeah, doesn't matter who you are, she'll interrupt you. Needless to say, uh, and there was some more Baby Yoda stuff, and of course, more behind the scenes of how they made Baby Yoda do the Baby Yoda stuff. Um, and of course, pictures of people geeking out with the Baby Yoda puppet, especially <laughs> Mark Hamill with the Baby Yoda puppet. Oh, geez, yeah. So. Well, I, I mean, at this point, that puppet's a freaking celebrity, so. The puppet is a celebrity. Do you yeah. remember how fuzzy that picture that John Favreau leaked of George Lucas holding it? No, I don't. Yeah, he he he, he like posted a kind of a it was a kind of blurry picture of George Lucas holding the puppet from the backstage of season one, where he's kind of got the the puppet in his arms and he's got a bit of a smile on his face, but it's kind of fuzzy like John was trying to do it surreptitiously. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. It's, it's like it's like looking at Bigfoot. It's like found footage. Yeah, I think there's a George Lucas there, but I can't be sure. 
Oh, yeah, that was real fuzzy. He was moving that damn camera real quick. It was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be buried in the dungeon at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think I think we can all agree that the power of Grogu compels you. It really does. I mean, if you walk through any, you know, uh, department store or any, like, a, if you walk through Walmart and you walk through the toy aisle, there's tons. There's There's drawing pads. There's Boggle, Baby Yoda Boggle. I mean, it all says the Mandalorian on it, but it's like Baby Yoda. Yeah. I mean, it's he's everywhere. My kid has had a Baby Yoda Chia pet. Nice. They've I have had a Bob the, Ross Chia pet that I got to use. Yeah, they've got the Baby Yoda, like, you know, you can color a figurine. She built the giant Lego pajamas. She sleeps with a baby Yoda <laughs> sleeping mask on sometimes. <laughs> She's got stickers on her wall like fat heads. I mean, it is literally everywhere. Pens, pencils, you name it, it's on it. Backpacks, sneakers. Yeah. Jammies. We got, she picked out a baby Yoda onesie for my nephew. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my wife's younger sister her son is, I don't know, uh, maybe five. But this last Christmas, because he really looks up to my daughter, uh, he wanted to send my daughter um, a baby Yoda, a stuffed baby Yoda, but the same stuffed baby Yoda that he had, so they could have the same one. Really? Yeah. It's just well, that's sweet. cute. I like it that. Is, it is, but again, also the power of Baby Yoda. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard people who, like, like I said, my wife doesn't like Star Wars. She has a Baby Yoda t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. She calls him my baby. My baby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's so cute. And when you look at it, there was nothing in the merchandising. I mean, it was it was smart, but maybe they should have debuted Disney Plus in like September or like July. It would have been July. <laughs> July would have been able if to they get had done them it the in July, proper then toy line going. They would have had everything set. Yeah. The first official Disney shit didn't get released until like April or, or May. Yeah, it was a six month thing. But, you know, most what are you going to do? Most of the other stuff was all, like, knockoffs or Etsy's or, you know. I had an official Disney shirt with, with Grogu on it that the, the missus got me. And that was made shortly thereafter. But even that was just a screen capture in a square, like, silk screen just plastered on the shirt. Yeah. So. <laughs> in, but, in, in the stockings. I think in the stockings. Uh, Santa left us all, you know, the original uh, sketch of Baby Yoda that you saw, like the sketch. Yeah. You know, you saw the sketch. Uh, yeah. Of like the little guy kind of walking, you know, that, 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 um, 
I guess it's the concept art, right? And so that was like some of the first maybe quote unquote unofficial, but official stuff that got released. And right. we, we all ended up with those t-shirts. <laughs> I appreciate it, Santa. Thank you for, for that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, before I, I went to Saudi that last time, I, I went online and I basically found a knockoff because it was it was february well yeah when i was leaving so it was kind of right. like a, a weird little green dude with big ears and a brown robe that kind of was baby yoda <laughs> but when finally when disney finally released and like you get all the um we get you get all the the merchandise out it's everywhere, but like I had stuff on back order that showed up in like May. Oh well, yeah. But but and here's the thing though, when you when you look at the merchandising when it comes to it, I mean it, it not only did it explode and was uh you know it it was a it became a Saturday Night Live skit, um it became celebrities would tweet about it. Remember, everybody was guessing what his name really was. Yeah. It really just became a cultural phenomenon, you know? Uh, it, it, it really, the, the character itself all, all pretty much outgrew Star Wars. It became Star Wars. Just like Elmo became Sesame Street. Right. <laughs> it's all those memes. It's like, I am Star Wars now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, but, and you're perhaps right. I mean, it is there's there's no one formula to it, but you know, you have these elements to it that they all have. And this was just the right combination at the right time in the right instance. You know, giving birth to a whole new medium of storytelling for this this franchise. Right. And one of the best kept secrets in recent uh pop culture history shocking secrets was fan it was so there was no leaks got out on this one didn't hear anything <laughs> along those lines and of course that did set disney behind in their merchandising but i think it worked in their favor yeah yeah no it absolutely did it absolutely did there's someone behind me so i'm turning off the video oh <laughs> is it a porg it was a porg it's not jar jar is it no it's not jar 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 binks binks well when you think about it this, this the baby yoda really lays into again going back to mel brooks and spaceballs the kitties love this spaceballs the flamethrower <laughs> yeah the kitties will love it which is basically to the search for more money. Yeah. I mean, that was basically the same flamethrower we saw from Elon Musk, right? I mean, he's uh, definitely a Spaceballs fan. Well, I mean, Elon, the, it's Elon, the, the, the flamethrower. Yeah. The, the, the millennials will love it. Yeah, exactly. I, I never mean, got it. I wanted it so bad. What was it? Like $500? I think it was $500. Well, needless to say, I mean, it, it was definitely, it, it, 
there are so many things that that can crack through the pop culture. Marvel stuff will will blow up from time to time. Like Spider Man got pretty big, particularly, you know, in both the Tobey Maguire era and Tom Holland. Um, again, with Tom Holland, he was kind of a precocious, like t- nineteen, twenty year old kid. Or in the, was, in the movie, he was fifteen. But yeah, right. But this is the first time Spider Man had actually been played by a teenager. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So, I mean, it, it, you but have they aged him characters. pretty quick too right. with Toby and everything. So right, but you, you end up. Uh, Marvel had some breakout characters. I mean, Groot, definitely baby Groot. But I mean, Drax. Who would have thought Drax would have been the the comedy genius that he was? Right. Well, he's famous for his one liners, you know. I mean, right. But he's not. He's not something that the kids. No, or... that, that's definitely Groot. That's definitely Groot. Uh, baby Groot, anyway. Marvel, you know, has the kids wanting to be superheroes, but... Yeah. Mean, they they don't really do the sidekick thing. No. no. <laughs> There's really not anything really cutesy in them. This is true. Star Wars definitely laid into the cutesy. Star Trek never. Well, did. that's well, that's all because of George Lucas. George Lucas knew merchandising. Well, he, he knew the kids would be into it. Right. Well, because he was a kid and he was into it, so he knew. I mean, he just had that. He just had that that prescience about himself. Right. So. So. I mean, I think it, it, a lot of this came down to the marketing and finding. It's been so hard for us to find something comparable because this kind of lightning is really rare. <laughs> I mean, I think probably the closest thing you get, particularly for impact, is probably Elmo. But I, I, you know, to wrap it up, I really don't see too many other huge examples. I'm sure there's others. That we've missed. No, I mean we have the shadows. I mean I've mentioned Gizmo a couple times. R two yeah. was sort of there. BB eight sort of there. Um, the oh my god, they tried and they failed with the monkey like thing from the the um, Lost in Space movie from nineteen ninety eight. Mm. That CGI monkey Penny. Yeah. No, it wasn't Penny, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, I that mean, was horrible. There's there's always an attempt, but I mean, when when you look at it, what can, what can you say? Grogu just kind of took over. Yeah, it hit all the marks, and you know when you have a winning when you have a winning hand, you play that all the way to the end. Yeah. So, and I know, folks, it's we probably hit some of these topics several times, but you know that that's that's what it seems like people are trying to do everybody's trying is going to try to find that new grogu yeah well i mean star wars is trying to find that new grogu (laughs) they might have found a mini they they might have found a low-key version with leia little leia (laughs) little leia i knew it i knew that where you're going there i'm not i'm not saying that that's gonna blow up but little leia is definitely a scene stealer she is. No, she I'm, is. I'm sure there's going to be some decent merchandising 
for that, particularly for young girls. Um, but I don't well, know, man. I, I, I don't think you're going to see Star Trek go down that road. No. Well, they, they, they tried that satiric way with um, the Tribbles serial <laughs> short. And that was wonderful. That worked out so well. Oh, yeah. The short trick? Yeah. With the cereal. Eating the triples. What now? <laughs> Admiral I love our cereal. Yeah, it's a trap. Oh my gosh, that was from uh, Robot Chicken, right? Your tongues can't repel flavor <laughs> of this magnitude. Yeah. Now with brine shrimp. Yeah, with brine shrimp. Okay. Let's end out on that note. That's good. That's good. We can always end well with the robot chicken reference. So... Or an Admiral Ackbar reference. <laughs> or an Admiral Ackbar reference. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed uh, this this nice little special discussion on nothing in particular but Grogu. Um, please... I still think that we had some interesting discussions about you know, the implications of why it it took off so facetious. fast. I was being facetious. I was being facetious. Can you just let me do that? Can you just let me do that? I'm sorry. I went all Kathleen Kennedy on you. Yes, you freaking did. All right. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at Those Sci-Fi Guys, everybody. Reach, us out, reach out to us at Those Sci-Fi Guys at gmail.com. Go to the www. Those sci-fi guys.com just to see uh, information on new episodes or previous episodes. Or to see pictures of P.S. McKay in a Baby Yoda costume. Yeah, yeah. It's been done. You gotta dig, but you'll find it. It's there. So, on that note, everyone, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working so long. <laughs> we'll see you on the high ground, folks. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Cathman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.